You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. You know, there's a lie that is Satan peddles. It's one of his favorite lies. And that is, in order to have influence, you have to have power. In order to impact people, you need to have control. When in fact, just the opposite is true. For the Christian, when we are willing to submit and humble ourselves, that's when we have true impact. That's when we have influence. And Peter is writing to these believers in the first century that had to flee Rome because of harsh persecution. And now the culture was kind of catching up with them and and they were facing hostility and and much of kind of the same social persecution that we're facing now in America or other parts of the world. And he's not commanding them to go riot or, or, or take control. He's commanding them to submit. Because your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, submitted to the cross. And he's your example to follow. And so this morning, as strangers and aliens in this crazy culture that we live in, I want you to help you understand that you can have incredible influence for Christ. And it may feel like that influence is slipping away, but in reality, people are looking for someone that is willing to be humble and content because that's so particularly unusual in our culture. And then the cause of Christ will be furthered. So this morning, I, w- I want you to make a commitment in your heart. And, and, I, and I, I want us to think about this as a church, what it would mean to submit to those around us, to serve them, to, to submit to our local authorities in a way that they know that we love them. And then, of course, in our own spheres of influence, to humble ourselves and become aliens who have impact. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So take your Bibles, if you would. We're turning back to the book of 1 Peter, which is where we've been landing here in our series on strangers and aliens. Today it's 1 Peter 2, beginning in verse 11. And if you don't have your Bible with you, you can grab that one in the seat back in front of you. And this is on page 1015. Use your Ridgewood app, too. If that's easier, you can just download that and touch media and to the study guide. So we've been learning from the Apostle Peter in this amazing book how to thrive, how to navigate a foreign culture that is rapidly shifting and changing. And we've learned that we can thrive because we know of an inheritance that's waiting for us in heaven. So whatever happens here, that inheritance has been kept for us. We've learned that when trials happen, that they come for a reason to grow us and to to help people around us see more of Christ. We've learned that loving each other well has huge impact. And then last week we talked about the fact that one of the real ways we can thrive is to continually be about the business of singing the glory of Christ, of proclaiming Christ to everyone who will listen. And now today, in order to have impact on others, it will be through submission. Submission to government, submission to bosses, teachers and others in authority over us, in the marriage relationship, 
and even submitting to suffering for the cause of Christ. And so this is how we'll have impact in our culture. Not by having the power or control, but by walking with Jesus in humility. And so Peter begins here by kind of helping us understand about pure behavior and and, and what that accomplishes. And, And when we live a pure and honorable life, it enhances your ability to glorify God. And so Peter, again, instructing believers just like us in an immoral culture just like ours, living amongst people who don't like them just like a lot of people don't like what we believe. And he begins with proper behavior. Look at 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoer, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And so that's why living a pure and honorable life enhances your ability to glorify God. The definition of a stranger and alien here or a sojourner in exile is simply one whose real home is in heaven. That's where we belong. If you feel off-center, if you feel like you're kind of off-base with the culture, it's because you don't belong here. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you belong with Jesus. That's your real home. And then Peter tells us that until then we are to abstain from the passions of the flesh. That's just the sinful temptation of the culture. That wage war against your soul. And that's an important phrase because that's the satanic energy that's out to destroy you. So how do you defeat that? You live an honorable life. You submit to righteousness. And verse 12 begins to set the stage of how we are to act in order to glorify God. It is through good deeds. It is so when they, when they attack you for being a Christian, they look foolish because you're so involved with their lie. You're, you're, you're one who's upstanding. You're you're above reproach. And then you'll have great impact until the day of visitation, which is the day that your salvation is consummated in glorification. So that's a purposeful life. That's exciting. That's not just meandering through the culture trying to survive. It's a reason to glorify God. So now the apostle gives us a further glimpse of what this all looks like. And now he goes right to this idea of Submitting to authority. An alien with impact submits to authority. Now, I will say this. Submission does not come naturally for any of us because we are all victims of the fall in the garden. We're all victims of rebellion. We have it in our spirits. We have rebellion in our DNA. And and, and this rebellion even started before the garden when Satan, Lucifer, the the greatest of all angels, the most beautiful of all angels in the very throne room of God in one of the great theological mysteries ever became discontented and started to believe that God wasn't giving him all that he should have. And he rebelled. And, And the angels that followed him rebelled. Those that we now call demons. And they were cast out of heaven because of their rebellion. And so what did Satan do? 
he took this lie right into the garden and began to seduce Eve and said, you know what? I know God is good, but he, he, you could do better. And she fell. She bought it. Adam was there with her. He fell. And then we fell. And so now we have this DNA of rebellion in us. So when it comes to submitting to authority, number one, it's not natural. But on the positive side, it's very unusual. So when we do it, we stick out. We make an impact for Christ. There's something peculiar about that person that's walking around contented when everybody else is angry or rebellious. And so let's begin with the areas that Peter explains here as examples of where we need to submit. We're going to begin with one that's incredibly important right now in the United States of America. An alien with impact submits to governmental authority. Look at 13 through 16. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now that phrase, honor the emperor, must have cut them deeply. Because the challenging part of this is we are to submit to a government even when it's letting us down even when it's not respecting our rights, even when it's oppressing us. Because in 13, Peter makes it clear, it's every human institution, including the emperor. And the reason this would have cut deeply is Nero was a horrible person. And it was because of his actions that they had to flee Rome. I mean, Nero set Rome on fire and blamed the Christians. And so persecution ramped up. These people that Peter is writing to, they had relatives who were being killed daily. They had seen persecution. They had friends that were being used as lampposts at night in the city square. I mean, Nero was sick. What's the command? Submit to government authority, even the emperor. So you can just you know you can just hear the coffee conversations around the you know the at, in the church fellowship hall. Like, Why well, can't really possibly mean that? He's not like I mean Nero's Nero's not even a Republican, you know that kind of thing. But look at the reasons they could trust God and submit in fourteen, or two governors has sent by him. He's saying that God ordains leaders, whether good, bad, or ugly. So if you trust God, you can submit to the leaders that he's given you. That's a powerful argument. The Apostle Paul reinforced this also to the church in Rome. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. 
And then in Titus 3.1, he wrote this, Remind them to be submissive to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. Here's the thing. What, what Paul was concerned about, what Peter was concerned about, is that if believers became angry and focused on overthrowing the government, then they would lose their witness. And so he's saying, I know it's hard, but you need to submit. The role of government is also seen here in the second half of 14, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. That's the role of government. Honor the good, punish the evil. But whether it's successful or not, we're to submit to it. Because that reflects Christ. That, that puts us above reproach. In 15, for this is the will of God. By doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And when we submit to our government, we're submitting to God's will. And sometimes we forget this because we live in a representative republic. We, we vote and we, we, we put leaders in place. Or do we? Because if you take Scripture at face value, which I do, then it's God who ordains these leaders. Right now, the, the Democrats have the House because God ordained it. The Republicans have the Senate because God ordained it. Donald Trump is the president because it's God's will. Just like it was when the Bushes served and when Bill Clinton served and when Barack Obama served. It's God's will. And so in order for us to shine a light that, that, that cuts through this division that is, that is so stark in our country, then we need to behave differently. Get off of social media if you're going to go on there and retweet or pass along derogatory cartoons or videos, or if you're going to pass along false information aimed at a particular person. We should be people of prayer. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't have opinions. We shouldn't care about the process. I think every kid should have to go to civics class for like five years to figure out how this all works. But what I am saying is that as believers, we need to be different. And that will make a huge impact in our culture. I don't know if you, you saw this during the, during the whole impeachment debate. Uh, just recently, Jerry Nadler, who's one of the House managers, you know, he's in the Senate, he's arguing for impeachment, just found out that his wife has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he, he put out a note and he said, I have to leave now. I have to go back and we have to make arrangements for her care, etc." And I thought to myself, where, where's the rallying cry for prayer amongst the evangelical community? Are, are, are we ignoring this because he's on the Democratic side? What a, what a witness it would be is if we saw a picture of evangelicals surrounding Jerry Nadler, just like they surrounded Donald Trump and praying for this man and his wife. That's what makes a difference. That's what people look at and go, wow, these people aren't like others. And, and, and we've already been labeled by the culture, so we might as well step out and be who we are so that we can honor Christ. So we submit to the government and start by praying for members of both parties. Secondly, and remember, this is Peter. I'm blaming all this on Peter. An alien with impact submits to normal life authority figures. Now, this, this is not a biblical phrase here. 
Okay? This is me trying to come up with, with, a, with a, a group of leaders that would encompass work, school, coaches, church leaders, and the like, because the context here is slaves and masters, and we have to take this timeless truth and put it into our culture because we don't really have slaves and masters in America. But I want you to see the principle here in 18 through 21. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin, you are beaten for it, you endure? But when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. In other words, if you, if you go out and make trouble and they punish you, what good is that? It's for those of you that live righteously that get punished. Those are the ones that shine a light. Verse 21, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. The Greek word here for slaves is not the normal term that would be used for slaves in this culture. It refers rather to household or domestic servants. In this early church that Peter is writing to, there would have been a huge percentage of slaves in the church. So he's writing to these people and he's saying, again, not just if your master, your boss, your teacher, your parents, your church leaders, not even when they're unjust or unkind or unfair, submit. And he doesn't leave any wiggle room because, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. In 19 and 20, Peter made it clear that the gracious thing to do is to submit even when we feel oppressed, even when it's not fair. And as a stranger, it's, again, important to ignore this because the example of submitting is Christ himself. 21 through 25, For to this you have been called, because Christ has also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. When Jesus was unjustly accused and brought to all these illegal trials, he's the king of the universe, and he is submitting himself to the process. He, he didn't push back. He didn't make threats. He just answered their questions honestly and respectfully. And he went to the cross and died. He was crucified. He submitted to suffering. And Peter explains here in 24 why Jesus would do that. It's because we needed redemption. He bore our sins so that we can die to sin and live for righteousness. And so if Jesus would do this for us, then we can certainly enter into suffering in order to shine a light 
for him. And in America, we don't even really know what that means yet, but we will. And then Peter makes this general reference to salvation. His, through his wounds you have been healed. That's not a physical healing that Peter has in mind. That's spiritual redemption. Take it from Isaiah 53, 5. And so through the scourging of Christ, through his, his submission to being beaten and broken, and we'll celebrate that at the Lord's table in a moment, we now have the opportunity to be saved and redeemed and have eternal life and to have a right relationship with God. And then even more, he's the shepherd and overseers of our souls. So are, are you one of the Lord's sheep? Have you, have you come to the place where you've, you've accepted the reality of the truth of the, that he's the son of God, that, that, that there is a sin problem that we all have fallen and Jesus needed to come and pay for that sin on the cross? And have you come to him in belief and said, I want to follow you? Then now's the time if you haven't. Or maybe you've wandered away. Now's the time to come back to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. So as you think about living well in a strange culture, it's hard to dismiss this argument by Peter to submit to government, to masters, because Jesus set the pace. And we just have a few minutes, but I want to get to this because it's so important. Now he's going to go into the home. And this is controversial as well. Look at 3, 1 through 7. Likewise, so he's still on that same theme, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing that you wear. Ladies, this doesn't mean that you don't, it's good to look pretty. You want to look pretty. It means this is about your heart. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Verse 7, likewise, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So now he's into the roles of the home. An alien with impact submits at home. We submit to the roles that God has given us. And again, this is countercultural, but it is the sacred word of God. But I want to start with the men. Likewise, husbands, love your wife in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Husbands, we are called to love our wives well. The Greek word here for understanding points to that husbands need to understand their wives' spiritual, emotional, and physical needs. In Ephesians 5, 28 through 30, we are called to love our wives as Christ loves the church. There is no higher calling than that. And if we do that, it makes the first part of that passage easier for your wife. And it's also important to point out here that the term weaker 
refers to physical or emotional differences to men, but not inferiority. In fact, your wives are fellow heirs of Christ's righteousness and his treasure in heaven. She is not inferior to you. But there are roles. So guys, please treat your wife lovingly and with understanding because you're called to do that as Christ loves the church. Ladies, you have a responsibility here as well. And that is to be subject, as verse 1 commands, to your own husband. This glorifies God. If your husband is not a believer, then you can have a huge impact as an alien in a foreign home even by your respectful and pure conduct. And Peter elaborates here. And basically what he's saying is, I want you to live modestly and lovingly and gently and respectfully. And if you want to take all of this and shove it into a cultural argument that doesn't apply anymore, it's hard to do that because Abraham and Sarah is our example. So submission is really hard, especially in the home. So here's how to sum it up, guys. Love your wives well. Treat her as more important than yourself. Guide her, but do it gently. Listen to her. Treat her with respect. And ladies, your husband does have biblical authority, but that doesn't ever, ever, ever mean that you allow yourself to be physically or verbally abused in the name of submission. If you are, reach out for help because that's not okay. But what you are called to do is to live in your home in a respectful way. So this all fits together to make an impact, government, our authority figures, in our roles at home, they all glorify God. And I just want to get this one point up on the screen here as we wrap up. An alien with impact submits to a life of righteous suffering. And when you get home, you can read through verses 8 through 12. But there's an incredible list there of these godly behaviors that we can embark, you know, embark on in order to make this difference. So... Here, here's my question for you as we get ready to go to the Lord's table. It's this. Do you consider yourself to be a submissive person? I don't like looking at my heart because I had to when I, when I wrote all this down. And there are, there are areas of my life where I'm not submissive. Where I might outwardly be submitting, but inside I'm angry. Do you submit to the, to the authority of God? Do, do, do you trust God enough to submit or do you want to control everything? See, here's what's going to draw people to you. It's when you're content, when you're at peace, when you trust God. That's going to be attractive to non-believers. And then your life will glorify God. And that's the point. We want to make Jesus known through community impact. And that's all of us together living in a different way. Let's show people what it means to be different kinds of people. Let's show our local authorities that we care about them. Let, let's, let's show our congressmen and those in authority over us, our, our school leaders, our bosses, that we pray for them and that we're different and we represent Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. We encourage you to receive the message that was just given and let the Lord do a mighty work in and through you. For more information on how to connect, give to this ministry, or for more faith-based resources, visit us at myrwc.org.